Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the first Cork Today of twenty of 2022 and can I start by wishing each and every one of you a very happy new year, a peaceful new year and I suppose a healthy new year. Healthy is the one thing I think we're wishing for everybody that we'll uh, get over the current wave of Omicron that's there at the moment and it was just, I, I don't know if it was just me but it felt like such a strange Christmas this year. I'm a huge fan of Christmas. I love the build up to it. I love the week of it and of all the trappings and the trimmings that go with it but I have to say I was hard pushed this year to even get into that bit of an old festive atmosphere and trying to avoid COVID you felt at times like if you were one of the lucky ones not to get COVID this Christmas it felt like you were almost dodging a bullet because so many people were coming down with COVID through absolutely no fault of their own. I mean there would be there would be a section of society who decided to just throw caution to the wind and they mingled and socialised with huge numbers of people and they came down with COVID and you kind of thought well you took the risks so now you've got the COVID. But there were others uh, you know who I personally know who were doing everything to keep themselves as safe as possible and just so many people people getting COVID this Christmas and it seems once it came into the household it literally just spread like wildfire and because of that people had a very different Christmas this year. You know I heard of so many people who were all set to go visit loved ones at Christmas and people were being very sensible about taking antigen tests before they travelled or before they welcomed visitors into their home and of course suddenly somebody pops up with a positive antigen test then trying to get PCR tests uh, were like gold dust uh, over Christmas but Christmas plans were ruined then if somebody came down with COVID nobody was able to travel nobody was able to visit that particular house and I heard of so many stories like that and probably one of the sad saddest ones I heard was to do with a young family from um, uh, Cork family from the States who've been living over in America for the last number of years haven't been home in two years because of the pandemic 
decided to make the big effort to come home this Christmas uh, to be with their parents. Came home with two young children. Everything went fine. Travel went fine. Did everything that they needed to do with vaccination and certificates. And then, of course, when they arrived home to Ireland, the what was asked of everybody for the first five days after you come home to do your antigen test. On the first morning they were back, one of the children had a positive antigen test. They went forward. This would have been on Christmas week. They went forward for a PCR test. He got confirmed positive. They decided the best thing was to book into an Airbnb while they were in isolation because they didn't want to ruin Christmas for everybody else. So they ended up having to spend the 10 days over Christmas in an Airbnb and the day before the isolation was due to end the second child confirmed positive and you just kind of thought can it get any worse for that uh, family after the build up and the excitement of wanting to travel home for Christmas and just so I saw on social media so many stories like that of people who were really looking forward to spending Christmas with parents that maybe they hadn't spent Christmas with last year hadn't spent a lot of time with during the year suddenly somebody got a positive antigen test and that was it but people were being very sensible and very responsible but it did lead to as they say what just felt like a very strange odd Christmas for so many many people so hopefully you managed to survive it and did get some kind of joy for me a lot of time to relax for sure we luckily didn't have any Covid in the house but unfortunately, Marcia got sick almost at the start of she was I knew she was a bit off form on Christmas Eve and then Christmas Eve night, uh, I could see her sinuses. She suffers really badly with blocked sinuses and if they get very blocked, they get very infected and she just becomes absolutely miserable uh, with it because once her sinus blocks, she can't smell being deaf blind, she relies on her sense of smell so much and this time for the first time ever with the sinuses the little bit of hearing that she has went completely and it was almost like she was completely plunged into silence and that was quite frightening for her as well. So we had a week of just trying to mind her and get her better. We ended, She ended up on an antibiotic which eventually kicked in and uh, worked. So we, we weren't going anywhere anyway but it did confine us uh, indoors. So it was a time to relax binged watch a bit on TV. Don't know what your thoughts about TV over Christmas uh, were. The mainstream uh, TV, there wasn't anything that jumped out that I thought, oh God, that was really good. I was thankful that I had Netflix and I got to see a few movies. But yeah, I, I don't know, I just thought, thought that the, the, the TV didn't have the usual variety. Normally you're, you've got so much to choose from. And I think, and I know we spoke with Mark on Christmas Eve when he was picking out some of the Christmas uh, highlights. He did make that point as well, that those big block Buster movies that you normally have at say nine o'clock on Christmas Eve or on Christmas night. All of the main channels opted not to go with that. And it's probably because of the streaming services and we're able to stream so much now that they kind of went, that there was a cost involved in that. They might as well put it into uh, to, to other programmes instead. But I don't know, there seemed to be a lot of repeats as well. I was just thinking, God, you know, where was the days where TV was almost, could be the highlight of uh, your Christmas uh, for you? So your, your thoughts welcomed. Was there anything that jumped out on you from a TV uh, point of uh, view? Uh, somebody saying with all of the Omicron uh, cases, at least not as many people are getting sick yeah, and I think everyone is taking comfort from that and that less people are being referred uh, to hospital due to this particular variant but the only thing that we've got to be really careful about is there's always this two week lag between confirmed cases of COVID-19 and then some people the people most vulnerable who will need hospital treatment so we have a kind of a 
a dodgy couple of weeks and a tricky couple of weeks ahead for a whole variety of reasons because the numbers are still so high. What were they? Nearly 17,000 cases yesterday. So the knock on from that will be the close contacts and people not able to go to work because they were close contacts. So there's definitely a couple of tricky few weeks ahead. And of course, schools are due to reopen on uh, Thursday. And a lot of the papers today are talking about a COVID crisis that could hit our classrooms as the schools uh, return after the break. And then there's confusion among for many teachers as to how many will be able to report for work or, or not. Principals wouldn't fancy being a principal of, of a primary or a national school at the moment. They're going to face many classrooms where a teacher is not going to be available on Thursday morning. Uh, the teacher themselves either maybe has COVID or maybe they're self-isolating because they are close contact or they've got uh, symptoms. And there's confusion then about COVID testing and isolating. And obviously the teachers' unions now can't predict how many teachers will actually be available to head back to work on Thursday morning. The secondary teachers' union, the ASDI, they were first out of the blocks uh, over the last few days. They're looking for a delayed reopening or they're looking for a staggered reopening of schools. The teachers' unions are looking for clarity from the public health sector and from the Education Minister, Norma Foley. Of course, there's meetings going on today where where there's going to be a lot of discussions about the schools reopening. The ASDI say that their members are uneasy about health and safety when the schools reopen. The union is calling for an updated risk assessment to be uh, to be uh, presented prior to schools re- uh, reopening. They also say face-to-face teaching with examination classes, they should be the priority. So obviously when they're talking about a staggered reopening, I'm assuming they're going to go into those meetings saying reopen on a staggered basis, just bring back the exam classes uh, first. The ASDI uh, say that they are deeply concerned that the education minister may reopen schools without putting in place the additional measures that are needed. And then the other secondary school teachers union is the Teachers Union of Ireland. Uh, they say they don't know yet how many teachers will be able to report for work because at this stage they're saying they don't know how long you should isolate from. When does your isolation begin? Are those dates going to uh, change? They say there needs to be some clarity as it's the different rules seem to be applying to a positive case as opposed to a close uh, contact. And their members are also asking the question like, what is day one when you're told to isolate? Is day one, for example, when you get a positive antigen test or is day one the day that you get your positive PCR test? Is that when you're 10 days isolation? And then they're asking the question, is it 10 day isolation? Is it seven day isolation? Is it a five day isolation? And they're saying because of that, they could have a whole number of teachers who simply will not be able to report for work on Thursday. And also there's going to be a number of students who won't be in the classroom. So will teachers be heading in to half empty uh, classrooms? So they want all of that sorted out and they're saying maybe, maybe it's time to look again at going back to online classes. Now I don't know how parents listening to us would feel about that. Would you prefer if we went back to the online uh, classes because the numbers are so high at the moment? The Primary School Teachers Union, the Irish National Teachers uh, Organisation, they want to see a quicker response times and interventions from public health, particularly when there's multiple cases arise within a primary school. 
the INTO are making the point that COVID-19 is rampant in communities. So they're looking for assurances that the government will do more to ensure that the infection levels within primary schools, that they're closely monitored, that they're taken seriously moving forward and that school principals can rely on public health support when they most need it. And we know that the leaders of the coalition, the three government party leaders, they're all meeting today. And obviously, you know, the big thing that it's going to be on their desk is that they, we are getting record daily number of cases that have been reported practically every day since the government party leaders would have last uh, met. And one of the things it's believed that the Taoiseach Michal Martin, the Tánis de Varadkar and the Green Party a leader Eamon Ryan will discuss is a potential shortening of the self-isolation period Currently, it's at 10 days, moving it back to five days for people who test positive for COVID-19. I think the stipulation is going to be if you test positive for COVID-19 and you've already had your booster, then it looks like those people can come out of self-isolation after five days rather than after 10 days. So we need to wait and see what happens there. And I'm assuming that they will have to go to Neffet and get public health advice on whether that is the right thing to do or not. But it is looking like something is going to have to be uh, introduced uh, because some employers are saying that they are having severe staff shortages. This is already on top of the restrictions that have been in place right all over Christmas. For example, the Restaurant Association of Ireland, Adrian Cummins, I heard him saying that they, he estimates that 30% of businesses have not been able to open. And that's to do with the fact that their staff members have either been confirmed as COVID-19 or they are close contacts. And because of that, they, they're not able to go to work. So they're not able to open their businesses. And the, Adrian Cummins says everything is starting to grind to a halt because the close, close contact rules about isolation are essentially closing hospitality business down and he went on to say that he reckons that the industry provides an essential service particularly for things like food on the go and he said because of that there should be some derogation for the hospitality sector and he says businesses could remain open if staff who were close contacts take an antigen test every day so rather than stay at home and self-isolate you would come in every day and you do your your antigen test before you go into work and if your antigen test is negative then you would be okay to go into work. So there's a lot of things I think that are going to be on the table for the government's party leaders but it is looking like businesses will start to grind to a halt if the numbers keep going the way the numbers have been for the last week to 10 days if we keep getting those high numbers and then those high numbers lead to two or three close contacts and if everybody has to self-isolate for 10 days you'll see absolutely you'll see businesses uh, grinding to uh, a halt and I think he's I think he is right, Adrian Cummins, on the 30%. I couldn't get over when I was on social media every day the number of businesses that were putting up posts saying that, you know, due to public health reasons, they've been forced to close. And these were businesses, restaurants and bars and gastropubs that would have been opened. I know they would only have been opened until 8 o'clock in the evening, but many of them were forced to close because they literally couldn't get the staff. So we will await to see what comes from the government party leaders and from their meeting today. And I meant to actually mention this at the top of the programme. This was something that happened last Friday. Uh, John Paul was back in at work prepping for stuff, stuff uh, for uh, today and he was actually on air and he, he it was actually John Paul himself took a call from 
a young guy in Cork City was saying no more than that who the desperation of this young lad to have to end up bringing a radio station to see if we could help him in any way there was literally no food in the house and uh, he was trying to see where he could go or what could he do and could we help him in uh, any way now straight away obviously John Paul kicked in and contacted Katrina Toomey of uh, Cork Penny Dinners the wonderful organisation that is uh, Cork Penny Dinners and they immediately uh, kicked a plan in place and got food and got vouchers uh, for supermarkets to him and helped him out but it just really brought it home to me how some people have really really struggled throughout this pandemic and how this Christmas was such a difficult one for so many people but to be in a situation where literally there was no food in the house uh, for this young lad and it was a neighbour of his I think said why don't you chance ringing the radio station and uh, he did and, and I'm thankful I'm really thankful uh, that he did and see me there were other neighbours around that rallied and, and helped out very genuine case and all of that but I just want to mention it and in particular to say thanks to uh, Katrina and the volunteers at Cork Penny Din- Dinners no judgement they were in there straight away to help out this young uh, lad so um, if you've ever supported the like of Cork Penny Dinners know just know the great absolutely fantastic work that they do they really are incredible so I just want to publicly acknowledge at that and can I also give a quick thank you to people who are sending in uh, texts uh, this morning there was a text here yeah, and WhatsApp. Thank you for that, particularly people who are saying uh, Happy New Year. Many happy returns to each and every one of you. But uh, Michael saying, looking forward to an enjoyable 2022 and hopefully we'll be able to put all of the woes of the last two years behind us. Oh my God, Michael, and so say all of us. Michael says, I'm delighted to see that the price of drink is levelling off at long last and not before time something that should have been done long long ago the cheap this cheap liquor has wrecked many a man many a woman many a family many a home and many a business and of course Michael is referring to minimum unit pricing which comes in as and from half past ten uh, this morning if you're going out to buy drink you will notice that the price of drink has increased we're going to discuss that after these our phone lines are open remember the new number is 08 183 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. Minimum unit pricing has come into effect from today with the goal to stop strong alcohol being sold at very low prices. To discuss the benefits, I'm joined by Ewan McKinney, Head of Communications at Alcohol Action Ireland. Good morning to you, Ewan. Good morning. How are you? Happy New Year. And many happy returns. I I suppose, firstly, we need to point out that this doesn't affect bars and restaurants. It's only the off-licence and the supermarket trade, isn't it? Well, yeah, technically. I mean, technically, obviously, it it affects all alcohol. But obviously, the price of alcohol sold in restaurants and licensed premises is significantly higher because the cost reflects a whole different set of cost centres. So, um, yes, in, in, in essence, I mean, if you it, the minimum unit pricing ensures that you cannot sell, for example, a pint of beer in a pub for less than two euros twenty-five. But as you know, there's no pub in Ireland that serves yeah, anything yeah. close to that. You know, yeah. whereas you can buy a pint of beer or a liter of beer. Um, prior to yesterday, you could actually buy a pint of beer uh, in the supermarkets for 
you know, uh, about a euro or a little less, you know. So yeah. that's the point. As, as it was referred to, pocket money uh, prices. Now, we've been that's talking right. we've been talking about this minimum unit pricing uh, for alcohol. I, I think Leo Varadkar was the health minister. The Public Health Alcohol Act, Act was passed in 2018. Why has it taken until 2022 to introduce it? Well, that's a really good question, and in fact, if you if you if you bear with me, I mean, the history of this actually goes back as far as the recommendation on the national substance misuse strategy was in 2012. Um, the government made a decision in 2013 uh, about uh, bringing in the public health alcohol bill, uh, and that contains minimum unit pricing. So we've actually been a decade on this journey um, and the reason it has been, the reason it has been delayed largely I would argue is because the alcohol producers are very reluctant to have minimum unit pricing brought into Ireland uh, because it ensures it will ensure that there is a bit of a block or a curb put on alcohol use and of course the alcohol producers can't countenance an idea that we will actually be selling less alcohol. And, you know, there's a kind of a fundamental point that I'm making a lot in relation to this, and that is that we have to understand as a society that if we want to address the alcohol harms that is killing three people every day and leaving 200,000 children in homes where alcohol is, is the chaos of life, we have to move to a point where we're selling less alcohol. It's only it's only when we sell less alcohol will we use less alcohol. And if we use less alcohol, we will have reduced harms. And that it's a simple equation. So explain how minimum unit pricing works. So minimum unit pricing, essentially, in any product, whether it's a bottle of wine or a bottle of whiskey or a can of beer, in any one of those products, there is a certain amount of alcohol. And technically, that alcohol is measured in grams. So typically... In the context of uh, a, a bottle of vodka, a 700 CL bottle of vodka, there's 220 grams of alcohol in it. And so the law says that you can now not sell that gram of alcohol for less than 10 cents, which means essentially that that bottle cannot be sold for less than 22 euros. And that's how it works. And so any product, yeah. any product, whatever it is, has a certain amount of alcohol in it and when you have a certain amount of alcohol in it, you cannot sell it for less than a certain price. So that means and if you the do offers. So, breaking the law. Yeah, that yeah. means the, the offers. There was, and coming up to Christmas, there was certainly a, a lot of offers on spirits and, and wines. Oh God, yeah. They, oh, they'll yeah. be gone. But the biggest change that people will notice in the price is on beer, isn't it? Well, it will in the sense that one of the most extreme products that's available in the market, which is doing a significant level of harm around binge drinking is the ubiquitous slab of beer, what we call the slab of beer. Um, and a slab of beer, for people who don't know what that is, that's 24 cans of 500 milliliter beers. So it's about 12 litres of beer. And typically they, they were being sold prior to MUP, uh, been introduced you know, prior to Christmas anyways, they were certainly been sold for about 25 euros or a little less, depending on the case. Now, uh, those products, uh, that type of product, where you package 24 cans together and sell them as a slab, if you continue to do that, you'll have to sell those for €40.70. Euros and, 70 cent. and what will happen, I believe, is that we will no longer see slabs of beer being available in the marketplace. What we will see is that producers 
will repackage and resize their products into, first and foremost, perhaps smaller cans. So instead of 500 millilitres, they'll become 440s. Uh, and instead of 24 cans, they'll probably become 12s or 16s. Um, and, and you can see already in the marketplace that the, the more preferred model now is the box of 20 bottles that are 300 millilitres or 330 millilitres. And the benefit of all that is, of course, that instead of someone purchasing 12 litres of beer, that they'll now be actually purchasing less alcohol. Yes. And then purchasing less alcohol... They'll drink less. Hopefully they will yeah. drink less. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And there, there is evidence from other countries. Scotland were the first to introduce this in, in Europe. Scotland were... Well, yes, in, 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 in our nearest Western Europe, yes. Um, and they... They, like us, they introduced it in 2012 and they faced a six-year legal battle by the alcohol industry to prevent it being introduced, which the alcohol industry eventually lost in the UK Supreme Court. Uh, And so minimum unit pricing was introduced to Scotland in 2018. And its model was essentially, it's it's a much lower price than ours. It's actually 50 pence for a standard drink. Um, and their model was that it would reduce alcohol use by about three and a half percent, and that's largely what has been indicated so far. But it's only two years into into that experience, so to speak, and so we need a longer time to see how that will will, will play out. But yes, it has been effective in Scotland. It was really effective in places. It was a very targeted measure, for example, into uh, Russia, the Federation, the Russian Federation, where the MUP applied to vodka only, and they saw a 40% reduction in vodka. Um, So this is a tried and tested method. It's been used in Canada. It's been used in Australia, parts of Australia. Um, And it's a very specific targeted public health measure that really targets those, the worst cases of sort of binge drinking to bring that back into a line and 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 those who are heavy users are are what we call high risk uh, drinkers, and that you know by virtue of price that uh, we would hopefully see less presentations of acute alcohol episodes. So that's that's what I'm endeavouring to do. Okay, and I've heard the argument, and you've possibly heard it as well, sure. that re- retailers is this is going to hurt retailers, uh, and in particular, re- people will head across the border and we're going to have the booze buses uh, back. Sure. Do you have concerns around that, Ewan? Well, obviously, anything that interferes with with enterprise and you know people are struggling. There's difficulties for a lot of businesses, uh, especially in COVID times, and I recognise that. But the, one of the few businesses that have done exceptionally well during COVID is the people who retail alcohol, uh, because we know that all the alcohol that was previously purchased in the on trade is now largely been purchased in the off trade, and uh, so the retailers have done exceptionally well on the sale of alcohol over the last couple of years. And again, I go back to the fundamental point, and it it may seem a bit crude and a bit unfair, but the simple reality is that if we want to address alcohol harm in society, we simply have to recognise that less alcohol will be sold. And therefore, people who sell alcohol are in a business that's going to diminish. Because that's what we're trying to do. That's what public policy is trying to do. It's trying to encourage the whole of the population to drink less. And that means, unfortunately, less alcohol has to be sold. So we will see an end to men reaching their weekly alcohol limit. I think the last time yes. I spoke a few months ago, yes. it was under yes. eight euro. And for women, yes. it was under a fiver. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, exactly. And that there's a very simple demonstration uh, in that context. So you know, you will see you will see a significant change in, in that in that because um, the, like the man who was well, the woman who was spending uh, as as we demonstrated in our price survey that alcohol was so cheap that you could on that particular junction July of 2021. Um, you could the woman could purchase uh, her weekly uh, uh, low risk guidelines for four ninety five. That woman today will have to pay eleven euros for those for those drinks uh, because the minimum pricing essentially sets the standard drink at one euro. Okay, I can see a lot of our listeners commenting on this. Michael in uh, Mallow feels that this is just another squeeze for the government to bring in more taxes. Uh, Michael says, I like to buy, I like to go to an Oslo licence and buy the slab that you're talking about, the 24 cans. It'll last me in my home a couple of months. Why should I now have to pay more? Because a minority can't control themselves. They can butter it up any way they want, but this will bring in more taxes for the government. But it won't bring in more taxes because it's not a tax. That's, unfortunately, that, that, that's not the case. What it is, is the floor price it legally establishes the floor price for alcohol. There's no, there's no additional revenue to the state in relation to the pricing mechanism that's now in place. And Michael is, is yes, he has a fair point in relation that he has, he would have been purchasing his slab of beer. But I think the point would be that the, the slab of beer will become a thing of the past and Therefore, the price of alcohol will now reflect a more moderate consumption that is more within lines of the public health guidelines around the use of alcohol. By the way, a number of people are commenting on the fact about people going will will push people across the border. Mm. And I don't know if people are going to travel from Cork all the way up up north on a booze bus. But anyway, uh, people maybe living closer to the border it will affect those retailers certainly more. Would you like if it would you like to have seen it introduced as an all Ireland measure? I think from the politics point of view of it, you know, politically it would have been, and that was the endeavour, I think, of government at the time, it would have been politically more palatable um, that Northern Ireland would have introduced a similar measure. And Northern Ireland, by the way, are going to introduce a similar measure. It, they just simply are stuck in a, in a political quandary right now uh, as the as Northern Ireland Assembly elections are heading uh, in May. Uh, so there's no no question about the Department of Health in Northern Ireland and the Minister for Health in Northern Ireland has indicated that they're going to introduce minimum unit pricing. But when that was when that would that event would come about, the reality of our currency difference and the lower VAT rate and the lower cost of living in Northern Ireland will continue to support the fact that alcohol in Northern Ireland is about 22 percent cheaper than it is here, anyway. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. you know, that, that, that business occurs as we speak. You know, we, we cross the border every, every day in Ireland to spend on an annual basis about 460 million. About 14% of that is spent on alcohol. I don't see that changing any time soon because the reality is that those factors exist. Um, so, you know, we, we can't, we can't have, um, public health measures been determined by economic factors. Yes, we have to be mindful of them, and yes, the regulatory impact does have to be considered. But in the end, what this is endeavouring to do is to nudge people towards a situation where less alcohol is purchased and less alcohol is consumed, and so we'll have less alcohol harm. Okay, we'll leave it there, uh, Ewan. Thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the programme.
Thanks, Patricia. Good morning to you. That is Ewan McKinney, who is Head of Communications at Alcohol Action uh, Ireland. Eddie Abandon says this is going to have people in border counties travelling to the north for cheap booze. If Sinn Féin are promising so much, why didn't they implement this in Northern Ireland uh, along with the Republican bringing it in for, as an All-Ireland measure? Well, it, it's been discussed in the north, but they're not even at public consultation stage yet, as far as I know. Chair in East Cork says Micheál Martin, our Taoiseach, told us over Christmas that we should stay indoors and it was safe for, pe- people, for people not to go to the pubs and socialise. He then closed the pubs at eight and that forced people to go to parties and into other people's houses and now the price has been dro- doubled from today. Go figure that. Bobby says another unjustified tax on the ordinary people by an out-of-touch group in the Dahl Bar. Again, I assume it's not a tax. It's what it's the price of uh, it's the it's the price that the alcohol has to be sold at. It's not now the not the only thing I can see on the taxes. There probably will be more on VAT, but this isn't a direct tax that has been put on uh, alcohol. Adrian says this should have happened years ago. Alcoholism has hit our health system and has hit families so badly. Fair play to the government for showing leadership on this one. This measure has worked well in Scotland. It will work here. Mary says so many have been drinking at home because of lockdown over the last two years, and now. The, um, the price has increased. I smell a rat, a government rat, says Mary. And Anne says the government are trying to ruin the country. They will reduce ordinary people into poverty stricken citizens due to price increases in uh, everything. And yet they won't lose their big salaries. Mandy says in the meantime, alcoholics are those who depend on drink. They will still buy it. All that Mandy can see happening is that the children at home will starve instead. And just one final one from Andy. The knock-on effect of this is not just hitting low-income families, but it will also affect people in their jobs. Decrease demand, companies will decrease production and the long-term effect will be job losses, not to mention loss of retail earnings. Uh, Andy says another knee-jerk reaction that will only cause more trouble than the issue is trying to de- to resolve. Uh, I don't think, Andy, you can say it's knee-jerk. They've been talking about this since 2012. It's taken 10 years for it actually to be introduced. Your thoughts and comments welcomed. Text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And I already saw somebody texting in saying, is this still the text message number? It is. The text number hasn't changed. What has changed is our phone line number. That's now uh, 0818 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. We're going to stay on the topic of minimum unit pricing for alcohol. And joining me with the reaction of retailers, I'm joined by Vincent Jennings, who's the Chief Executive of the Convenience Stores and News Agents Association. Good morning to you, Vincent. Good morning, Patricia. And a Happy New Year uh, to you. you. Now, we knew this day uh, would would come. Would you have preferred if it was an all-Ireland policy, Vincent? Absolutely, Patricia. Not only would I have preferred it, but they were all the assurances that were given as recently as this time last year by the Minister of Health, which say, when he said that he couldn't concede that it should be done in anything other than in a unilateral fashion because it would be shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, And here we are a year later, and we are uh, shooting ourselves in the foot. We are exporting product uh, purchases to the north, 
And don't forget, Patricia, that we now have a completely new regime under Boris's Brexit. We now have duty-free mm. also. Yeah. And you have a very significant uh, number of people who are making use of uh, day trips to, uh, to, to Hollyhead and elsewhere and coming back with, uh, with, with duty-free, which never will be, uh, have MUP attached to it. Um, and so you have this perfect storm of a lot of people buying product um, elsewhere out of the jurisdiction. How will that consumption uh, rack up with, um, with, with, with the statistics that will be gathered to prove or disprove that MUP is working? That's, that's an interesting one. But in terms of, you know, what, what we were promised this, we were promised it through the bill. We absolutely, the association never had any difficulty with the concept of this. But it was, the, it was the workings of it. They've changed the goalposts, and it really is to the benefit of Her Majesty's Revenue Commissioners and retailers north of the border. Do, do we know, country. by the way, Vincent, do we know how far off are the north from introducing it? Because they are talking oh, about introducing look, it. I think that this, this move has actually consolidated and, and put a very, very firm nail in the coffin of this happening very quickly or soon. They're talking about a consultation process. But they're, when, they, when they see all the benefits that are accruing from this, and don't forget, I mean, alcohol does cause difficulties for people if they, if they, if they drink in excess, but they won't be picking up any of, the, any of the problems for that. That's left to us down here in the South to pick up the problems of that. So why should they hasten to this? No, I would imagine that it would be a long and many a day before uh, the North goes in line with the South on this one. And that's most unfortunate. Yeah, because I, I was trying to, fi- trying to get, find out had they any sort of a deadline. I mean, they haven't even gone to the public consultation no, no, uh, process no, yet. No, so it's, it's no. going to take some time. Did your members notice shoppers stocking up over the weekend? Oh, yes. They did, yeah. And, and we wouldn't have been, uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, you can imagine it was in the larger supermarkets where they have own brand stuff, uh, including the discounters. I mean, they will be the ones who will be most seriously affected, as will their customers, with the with the massive uh, cliff face of a jump that there will be to meet with the MUP restrictions. Um, and, and there, you know, you have people who have been buying previously something for 12, 15 euro, and now they're going to be paying 20, 22 euro. That's a very substantial. And these are not problem drinkers. Don't forget, Patricia, we already have the highest excise rate in Europe for wine, the highest, ex- the second highest excise rate for beer, and the third highest for spirits. So we're not a low uh, price economy. Uh, the groceries order changed everything when they allowed uh, alcohol to be removed from, from, from below cost selling and the like. And you found the discounters and the multiples jumping in with that and using uh, using alcohol in a, in a, in a loss leading fashion. Um, and, and certainly, I mean, I'm, I'm at one with the people from health who believe that there needs to be there needed to be a, a proper order on this. But doing it unilaterally without the North being involved. We're just shooting ourselves in the foot, Patricia. We truly yeah, are. And certainly some of our listeners, are, you know, they deem themselves moderate drinkers. Yeah. I mean, Michael uh, in Mallow contacted us. You know, he goes to his off-licence. He buys a, this slab of beer that everyone talks about, the 24 uh, cans. He said he brings that home and it does them for a number of months. And, and yeah. he's making the point, like, now he's going to have to pay in some cases, it's almost Twice double. As much. Yeah, yeah, what it, what it yeah. was uh, yesterday. So moderate drinkers 
are very much going to be affected are, by this. Yeah. And those moderate drinkers who may well be prepared to, from a societal basis, to offer the, offer up that additional cost as a sacrifice, they need to be assured that the people for whom this, this is supposed to refer, that is the problem drinkers, those who actually use cheap alcohol in, a, in, a, in an unhealthy fashion, that they are actually going to uh, be relieved. I, I, I have fears, and I think that an awful lot of people would have fears, that we feel that those people who, for whom alcohol has become all pervasive, they will find the money somewhere to buy to buy that and to continue their addiction. Um, and and, and at, the, at, the, at, at the problem of their family and themselves losing out on food and others, uh, because it is a horrendous addiction when it's gone to that level. And unfortunately, but, that's know, what addicts do. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Yes, it is. OK. All right, Vincent. Listen, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining well. us on the programme. Good morning to you. It's Vincent Jennings, Chief Executive of the Convenience Conce- Stores and News Agents Association on minimum pricing for alcohol now officially in in this country. And by the way, modelling suggests that they this is from Scotland, that there was a fall of alcohol consumption. Uh, across the whole population of 8.8% uh, when they brought in uh, MUP. And it's estimated, as of course Ewan McKenney said, that there are three alcohol-related deaths in Ireland every day. Two are from illnesses due, due to the alcohol addiction and one from incidents. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Hopefully this Christmas you got lovely presents and things that you really wanted and that you really needed. But here's a kind of a cautionary tale about returning an unwanted gift. Anna was on to us. Now, she's obviously not stating the shop that she is working in, but she said that somebody came in with looking for a refund on a Christmas present they got. Now, they admitted straight out, look, I got this as a Christmas present. I don't like it. Is it possible to get a refund on it? Now, Anna said, unfortunately, the gift that the lady had brought in was actually a free gift. It had been a purchase. If you bought something, you got this free gift with it. And obviously, if it's a free gift, there's no refund available on a free gift. Anna said when she explained this to the customer who came in, she said the lady didn't look very happy. And she's now wondering, has she played a part in the end of a friendship? Are two friends going to have an argument? Or maybe it's family members. Is somebody going to, how mean were you that the present you gave me was actually a free gift with another present but Anna says could we ever mention it please just to warn warn people that if you do get a gift that was a free gift then it cannot be exchanged or refunded or oh, I would be absolutely mortified for both people for the person who went in with the gift to say don't really like this and be straight up and honest can you give me a refund or can I change it for something else but also for the person who gave the free gift because I, I mean maybe she won't tell the other person or not but I mean sometimes when you go in and you buy something and there's a free gift with it the free gift in itself can be you know quite a nice gift so I don't know I don't know was the person wrong to go in and try and get a refund on a gift it's a little bit like the re-gifting and, and I don't know how many people have done this in the past have you can you hand on heart say that you've never re-gifted a present did you receive something this year that you know in your heart and soul you either don't want it because you have enough of the item or you simply don't like it have you sort of put that away and will that be dusted off and handed out maybe as a birthday present for somebody or maybe a 
you'll be very practical and you'll put it away and you'll re-gift it as a, as a Christmas present next year. But just a word of advice if you are, I don't know if I would, I would be that brave to go into a shop and actually say, look, somebody bought me this and I don't like it. <laughs> can, can I have a refund or not? But then to be told that actually it was a free gift with another purchase. Mortification. 1850 Let me take a look at, oh, before I get to some of your calls and comments coming in, we have, there was a number of calls in about water gone this morning and we got onto Irish Water. We're told repairs to a burst water main are currently underway and it is causing water outages and disruptions in Bally Ellis, Nakanar, Rasa, Kilcolman, Bottevant and the surrounding areas. It'll be until about four o'clock today. And there's also repairs to a burst water main that's going to affect supply into the Green Hill Estate in Fomoy and the surrounding areas. Again, that's going to be until four o'clock. And there's even another burst water main. And I'm assuming this was to do with the frosty morning, was it this morning? This is Lissaniski, Mount Nagel areas of Mallow. And they are all Irish water working on it and hope to have supply back again about four o'clock today. Eight 0818, you said 1850, 0818 103 103. People are going to have to be patient with me on this, getting used to the new number. Our text and WhatsApp number, though, hasn't changed. That's still 0862 103 103. On the minimum unit pricing that we discussed in the last hour, a lot of people commenting on this. Jason was listening to Ewan McKinney of Alcohol Action Ireland, who was explaining why this is a historic day and an important day for public health, in that it will stop people buying a lot of a very strong alcohol. Jason thought some of Ewan's points were ridiculous. Jason says where he uh, lives, he reckons this will actually cause more trouble. He says he's aware of young people that will do anything to go out and buy uh, alcohol. Also, he said if you're addicted to alcohol, you will buy drink no matter what. Uh, The government are not looking at people who live in areas of deprivation and poverty and they don't see the reality of what's going on on the ground. So he reckons it's going to cause more trouble than it will actually solve. Uh, Hi Patricia, Micheál Martin is always saying that Sinn Féin will rise taxes if they get into government. Well it looks like with drink going up today there'll be nothing left for them to tax. That's from Pat. Dan says, Patricia, two points for you. Firstly, wouldn't it be wonderful if the only problem we had here was to do with the price of alcohol? Secondly, of course, there will be a tax benefit to the government. Why? Higher prices means higher VAT, says Dania. I did make that point that it will increase uh, VAT, but it isn't per se a tax. I think some people thought minimum unit pricing was the government putting an additional tax on alcohol. But yes, you're right. If the price is higher than the VAT, the knock-on effect will be that the VAT will be higher as well. But it isn't an additional tax like, say, what they do when they increase the price of cigarettes and they do that every year in the budget and they're doing that deliberately to try to stop people from smoking and try to make a pack of cigarettes as expensive as they can. So they keep adding tax onto that. The minimum unit pricing isn't the same as that. That's the point I was trying to make when people are saying it's another tax tax from the government. And says Patricia, I would describe myself as a moderate drinker. I like a Guinness and not glass of wine. And now as a senior citizen, I won't be able to purchase alcohol anymore as I simply won't be able to afford it. The government have lost the plot altogether. We're paying the highest tax on alcohol here in this country. And I'll give you an example. I can pay €9 for a bottle of wine here in Ireland. And yet when I travel to Germany, I can get the identical bottle over there for €3. 
yeah, everybody knows we are. We pay an awful lot for our drink. The only thing I will say to you, Anne, it shouldn't really affect the price of wine that much. Some of the cheaper wines, yes, maybe will go up. Your nine euro bottle, it'll be interesting when you next go to the off-licence, the supermarket, wherever you buy your wine, to see how much it will go up by. There shouldn't be a lot of changes across uh, wines. It's really, though, it's the price of the slab of beer. That's the 24 slab you buy with the 24 cans in it that's where the big increase is you know I've seen examples of the that slab of 24 cans being on sale say yesterday you could have got it for 25 euro if you're buying that same 24 cans today it's gone up to 45 euro 45 or another example I saw was something that was on sale for 29 euro before Christmas that's now going to be 47 euro and 34 so it really is the, the drink the the beer and the stronger lagers and stuff they're the ones that are really going to be affected by it let me know uh, how you get on with your 9 euro bottle of wine but isn't it crazy that you spend 9 euro here in the very same bottle in Germany for 3 uh, euro that's a huge huge difference for sure 1850 we're talking about schools and I see the ASDI are out they are very nervous about schools reopening on Thursday Alyssa says Trish my little boy went back into play school today I thought it would have been closed but play schools have reopened and I'm assuming their play schools linked to creches have reopened and obviously have to reopen for uh, workers. I mentioned television over Christmas and that I didn't for, I don't know what it was I just didn't didn't seem to be a lot on TV that was exciting me uh, over Christmas. Hi, some people are giving their suggestions of what they watched. Hi Patricia I watched the Rachel Blackmore programme twice as did my brother from Canturk. Uh, it's Jane in Ballylickie who obviously if she watched the Rachel Blackmore programme twice she thought it was a cracker of a programme. Hi Patricia we bought a zoo starring Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson that was an excellent movie and I watched that on Channel 4 over Christmas that's from Yvonne in Mallow I did watch the Mary Poppins Returns I thought that was a sweet movie they're the kind of movies I like over Christmas and then on Netflix I watched the one with Leonardo DiCaprio Don't Look Up the one that really makes you stop and think about climate change now I know it was to do with the meteor uh, hitting the earth and ending earth as we know it but when you looked at it it really really made you stop and think about climate change and how we're not listening to the experts when it comes to climate change. There was a lot of criticism of Don't Look Up. Some people thought it was brilliant. I personally enjoyed it. Others thought it was the greatest load of rubbish ever shown on uh, that was on a streaming service I saw it on Netflix and John in Clonakilty says Patricia yes I'm with you I thought the TV was shocking over uh, Christmas thanks for that uh, John Liz says very disappointed I was out shopping on Sunday couldn't get over the number of people who weren't wearing masks our advisor indoors there will be no end to this virus if people continue to go around and not abide by the restrictions that are in place we mentioned schools and will the schools reopen on Thursday Thursday and we know that the teachers unions seem to be coming out very strongly. They are in meetings today. Public Health will be there and the Minister for Education will be there. Now Norma Foley is adamant that the schools are going to reopen on Thursday but it doesn't look like that the teachers unions are that happy about it. Now the parents representative bodies they'll be at the meetings today as well. I don't know how parents are feeling about schools uh, reopening but somebody says I'm so tired of listening to all this talk about uh, teachers. Isn't every employer facing the same problem in that they're going to have less employers going to work because they either have COVID or they've been deemed a close contact. Teachers just really need to get on with 
it. And someone else says, why don't they suggest to the teachers that they close, schools remain closed for the complete month of January and instead take a month off the summer holidays. You'll have teachers listening to your programme today because they're still on their Christmas holidays. How would teachers feel about that? So extend the winter, the Christmas break by four weeks and then instead take four weeks off the summer holidays because we know and it's expected to be the same that COVID we shouldn't have the same problems with COVID we don't seem to have the same problems with it in the summer as we do in the winter months your thoughts welcomed on that 1850-333-103 and my heart goes out to this listener and Eileen and Eileen can I just say to you reading your text you're not on your own Eileen says what is the situation which we're trying to book a PCR test there's never Never any appointment available online to book. It's crazy. I've been waiting five days already to try to book for a PCR test. I am self-isolating, but at this stage, I'll be over the COVID by the time I get my test. I'm over 40, says Eileen, because from today, if you're under, if you're aged between 16 and 39, then you've got to go and get antigen tests. And if you get a positive antigen test, then you apply for a PCR test. But by God, trying to get a PCR test. And we were trying here in John Paul, what went on every county in the country to see could he book a PCR test anywhere in the country and there literally isn't a PCR test available anywhere in the country at the moment and that's with the new system in place where the 16 to 39 year olds only book a PCR test when they have a positive antigen uh, test. Now the trick What we've been told people have been doing, and I don't know if it's worked for many people or not, but the trick seemingly is that you wait until midnight, stay up until midnight, and hopefully if you're showing symptoms, you're not feeling too bad and you're able to stay awake until midnight, and you log on at midnight because at midnight is when they put up extra slots become available and I don't know if you've been trying that or not. I mean, the HSE tell us that they, they have capacity to carry out 300 300,000 PCR tests uh, a week but even with that they're under immense pressure due to the huge numbers of people who are trying to get PCR tests. So the only thing I can say to you is Eileen, you're certainly not on your own. I've seen so many people across social media over the last number of days. I mean I saw one lady last night saying that they're a family of five. All five of them have tested positive on an antigen test. So five of them are looking for tests. They've been checking the websites and they've, they were, they're on the HSC website sort of trying to refresh every hour and not able to get a, a test. The only other thing, and I don't know whether doctors will be annoyed with me for suggesting this, have you tried ringing your GP? I don't know whether GPs have a different way of accessing PCR tests, but I have heard of people who got a PCR test couldn't get one online and got one through their GP. Now, having said that, the GPs are swamped. I know the out-of-hours service or South Dock service were actually asking people to only call if it was an emergency because they were getting so many calls from people who were just looking to get a PCR uh, test. There is private facilities where you can go, but by God, they'll they'll cost you. Did I see somewhere we're offering a private PCR, but it was I think it was €160. Uh, Euro. 
So, uh, yeah, anybody got any advice for Eileen and what she can do? Day five, trying to get an appointment for a PCR test and nothing available online. 1850 333 It's not 1850, it's 0818 103 103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Coffee is super value. That's in Bandom. They're recruiting sales assistants for online shopping. Full training will be provided. You send your CVs to vacancies at caulfields.com. General operatives wanted for cheese processing, that processing that's in Bohabui. Email paul at ingredientsolutions.net. Irish Yogurts in Clonakilty. They've got vacancies for a dispatch manager and a dispatch supervisor. Also a health and safety manager. CVs to r.scully at irish slash yogurts.com and care assistance are required for St. Joseph's Day Centre in Rathmore. Jobs to start this month. Contact Sean at 087 2247 454. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Now, as the new year begins, many people think about resolutions. Things to give up are things to take up. But how about using the first few weeks of the new year to have a really good declutter? Joining me with all the advice needed is Anne-Marie Kingston of White Sage Decluttering, which is based in uh, Clonakilty. Good morning to you, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Patricia, and Happy New Year. And many happy returns. Is it fair to say we all have too much clutter in our homes? We have too much. I'm actually working here actually today and I'm here by Karen. Almost to the room. on its way to the recycling centre. But the biggest thing I find, Patricia, is we have our houses are too big. We have too much extra storage. And what happens is it goes to outside storage units. So it goes from the garage to the outhouses and beyond again. So I suppose, again, we if we can reduce, definitely, it's a definitely a big help. But there is way too much stuff in the homes, to be quite honest. Yeah, and I think that's something we're all guilty of when we do decide yeah. to have a clear out we'll just move something from one cupboard to another cupboard one room to yeah. another room or as you say out to the shed out to the garage that's yeah. not a declutter No that's only basically you're tidying your clutter it's organising your clutter more than anything else so the biggest thing I always say how you what decluttering basically is Patricia in simple context is it's your ability to let go so these items have to go within tw- I always put a limit on it 12 to 24 hours. So once it's gone, so it's going to the charity shop, it's going to the recycling centre. If there's items that family and friends are donating or giving to them, you're getting rid of it straight away because what happens, that famous black bag is at the front door or at the back door and somebody pre-COVID would call for coffee and what we do with the black bag, it's thrown back out into the utility, into the spare room and you've undone all your hard work. You put such effort to declutter and clear out that cupboard or clear out the utility and you're back to square one. So nothing is gone and you're basically, again, you're moving around the four corners of the house. And you're right about the 12 to 24 hours because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a great advocate of having the, doing a clear out in the wardrobe a couple of times a year and I'm 
bring it always bring it to the uh, sure it's clean washed ironed and I yep. pack it away for the charity shop if that is left for longer than 24 hours I think well, maybe I will wear that top maybe, again yeah. and I'll dig through the bag and, I'll t- and inevitably it'll be it'll be the next charity shop yes. the one I, yes. I'll do because if it's gone into the bag then get rid of it just get rid of it absolutely and like it's like everything if you haven't used it in the last 12 to 12 to 18 months now a lot of my clients say am I to be nowhere in the last 12 to 18 months but again we are creatures of habit uh, Patricia so if we haven't used it let it go like again with the wardrobe as you mentioned there your wardrobe should be real time not when you lose like the three or four stones when you'll have maybe the hip operation or the bunion removed it's real time. When you open your wardrobe today and the whenever the fourth of um January, every item should fit you. No, there might be bits, you know, I know a lot of clients of mine with Samory. I have those white jeans, I put on a bit of weight over maybe the winter months. Once I'm back out walking, there's there's a stretch in the evenings, I'm out walking and I lose those few pounds. Perfect. But there's no point like if you are maybe a size ten or twelve, you're now going to be fourteen uh, fourteen, size fourteen. Are you really going to fit into the items again? Because I know I'm after baby number three since I spoke to you last. But <laughs> Congratulations. You know, thank you very much. But like, you know, our bodies are changing continuously, Patricia. So like, we do need to have these items. If they don't fit us now, they have to fit, flatter and make us feel good. And if they don't, Get rid. Why are we holding on to them? Get rid. And the them. other one I think we, the ladies, are all, we'll all have in our wardrobe, the outfit that you bought for the wedding. The expensive outfit, maybe a mother of the bride outfit or your best friend's wedding and you spent a fortune. And because you spent so much on the outfit or the dress, they're they're the ones that are harder to part with. There's a lot of, that's where the guilt comes in because again, like, oh my God, I only got the one wear out of it. But again, I know like um, myself, my own mother actually, she probably said, Emma, you shouldn't have said that. But like, you know, she bought... um, a beautiful like we're married 13 years and that mother the bride outfit got more wares with my aunt it went they passed it around because well they done. got so many wares out of it which was brilliant but like there is places like I know this lady um, Nora Hubbard in West Carberry and places in Cork that you can actually sell your designer items so take them there see can you get a few bob back in them and it definitely reduces the the guilt when you're parting with it and you can only try if you can if you if nobody buys Look, you've tried it and then maybe you're ready to let go to the charity. And somebody would be absolutely delighted with that outfit. Yeah, and then a, ch- a charity, and we've got such wonderful charities, the charity will Brilliant. benefit then fr- from the, from the set of... Okay, where do you suggest, if, if, if somebody's sitting in their kitchen now having a cup of coffee thinking, uh, this, this girl Amory is making so much sense, I need to, de- to declutter the house. Where do you start? Is it room by room, cupboard by cupboard? Because you know sometimes you can get overwhelmed if there's too much clutter yeah. in the house. Where do you yeah. start? I'm all about, I suppose, the biggest two, the main areas, I suppose, Patricia, in the house are, um, I would always say, the kitchen and the bedroom, because that's where we spend a lot of our time. That's where we prep meals, that's where the homework is done, that's where we have conversations with our family, and they are really a good places, and the kitchen. The other place is the bedroom, because we spend so much time, that's our downtime, it's our rest time. But if we're surrounded, Patricia, by, by clutter on a continuous basis, we need to just it, it, like again, it's affecting our concentration, our mood, our productivity, everything. So again, less is more. So kitchen is a great place to start. Start with your larder cupboard. Start with the food cupboard. Gone off food. I've gone into homes and I'm like, I'm going to do the cupboards um, six months ago. 
and you'll still find that mixed herbs or that cranberry <laughs> sauce from 1996 and they swear blind I'm right I definitely did it six months ago but you know the only thing Patricia's do is you basically take every single thing out and I'm all about and this is how I suppose I'm this is why my business is so unique I always do it press by press shelf by shelf okay I don't do I've been I've been um, compared to Marie Kondo all for the last nearly five years which has been fantastic but I don't use her methods whatsoever I have my own methods I've developed over the last nearly five years and I've been discussing for the last 30 years on the personal level before I ever set up my business but again it's just going through again like taking everything out giving the press a good clean out give it a good wash and handling every single thing that's what people do they kind of flick through it but they don't go into the back of the presses they don't see what's in there like those mixed herbs that have escaped rubbish bin for a while just take everything out and do a press by press Again, go through, I'd always say, set up um, a press for appliances. So all your appliances are one press. I've gone into homes and there could be appliances in the utility. There could be um, pieces in one part of the kitchen. There could be another part somewhere else or they can't find the other part of it. Putting all your using, or your electrical appliances into one cupboard. So like your blenders, your mixer, your carving knife. And that's one area. So that's one press. Everything is organized there. Another thing is going through cups and saucers how many cups and saucers do we need again is there two people in the house is there one is there a person living on their own is there a family of five six whatever the case may be go through everything get rid of the ones that are chipped use you probably have there's no doubt there is a a fine box of niceware that you picked up somewhere maybe there was a deal somewhere in Duns wherever maybe or online and you're keeping them for good use <laughs> every day should be for good use Patricia there's yeah. no more saving We've gone through, we're still like in a world pandemic. We need to just use what we have and less is more. So again, if you have empty cupboards, and that's another thing, people kind of panic because there's empty cupboards, brilliant. You'll find something again that'll come off your countertop that'll slot in there. Yeah, you don't. Uh, do, do you like nice, clean counters with nothing on it? You'd into the minimal look. I would be, I yeah. would be kind of minimal. No, ever into their own. Some people like displaying them. But again, I know I work with auctioneers and um, with other services but again do you know what it's lovely to be able to wipe your surfaces down again how many times is, is the toaster is the maybe the sandwich toaster used once a month I would definitely be putting that in if it's a toaster that's being used every day like the kit the coffee machine perfect they're going to stay out but definitely put in items that you're not using on a regular basis and it'll free up and it'll give you such such room on your countertop it'll be a huge transformation for you what about letting go? You know, there's some items you can't let go because of sentimental value. Look, mm-hmm, what, yeah. What's your theory on that? When it comes to sentimental, because um, I'm working closely with a lot of people, do you know, their partners have passed away. There's um, maybe there's smaller children have passed away. Different, because it happens for different reasons. But anything sentimental, I would definitely say, like, put them into a nice little box, a nice storage box for you. Because, again, I'd always say a memory box is great for every age. So from small kids, like from my own kids, I've all the little bits they have. And I'm adding artwork and things like that because we're all... That's the thing, Patricia, with clutter. Clutter is personal to us, to us all differently. So some for some people, it could be the physical items. But for others, it's an emotional journey for other people. So that's why clutter is so personal to everyone differently. So, again, like if you're sentimental, hold on to them. Do you know what? You're to be surrounded by items that you love. 
that you absolutely adore and that's really important to be surrounded by these items. There's no yeah, point, yeah, you know. You yeah. have to be ready to let go. If you're not ready to let go, it's you're, this is where regret comes in and a lot of people would say to me, oh, Emery, why don't people, when they see the before and after pictures of my of my transformations, they'd say, why don't people get skips? I'm not anti-skips, but you see, I suppose, I 99% of the items I take from my client's home from my decluttering session, like this morning, um, here in Air Sale is there's a home for everything. So, like, there's items that can go to the recycling centre. The charity shops take 99% of items. They're absolutely amazing. I'm so lucky in Clannacilty. I have a choice in there. Six uh, charity shops. And the recycling centre is a great place as well. So, again, use these facilities. They're absolutely brilliant. Like, do you know the things clients would say to me, Patricia, like, oh, my God, the charity shop won't take this, this, and this. But they're like, if they, it makes 50 cents or a euro, it's their delight. Yeah, and a, and a number of the charity shops now are even taking big items of furniture and will come and collect them. You know, it's so, it's so yeah, like and it gets, well, yeah. it gets passed on. Yeah, yeah. Lichine, Lichine House, yeah, and we have, yeah. and in, in North Cork, Aurora in Mallow, uh, they have a massive furniture shop. And you can get yeah. great bargains in there as well, but they and they collect uh, as well. What about the drawer in the kitchen? You know the way where everything lives. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> have you so one of the, Have you one of those? I have one of those. But I'm, like, <laughs> Ian, I'm all about having little baskets inside there. So like, there's one. My one press now has you know the bare clothes. There is the batteries in another little basket. Uh, there is the command strip, little hooks, bits and pieces like that. But they are they're all organised. They're just, I can see everything that's in it. And I know I was with a client lately, um, kind of Skibreen, Westerland lately, and it was literally everything. The screwdriver, the sellotape, <laughs> there was screws, bolts, you name it. A to Z of clutter was inside there. And we literally, took, we emptied it all out and we realised, okay, a lot of that stuff can go up to the garage. But the only way to do it, Patricia, is empty it out and see exactly what's in there. Because you'd be surprised, a lot of it would be probably metal recycling or can be just be dumped to be quite honest mm. yeah yeah. And I, I, I have a drawer like that I have to say I, I clear, I cleared it out before Christmas you'd have been very proud of Fantastic. me and like that now when I look I can see where everything is in there it's still yes. full of bits and bobs but I can see everything uh, and that that, 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 that that really is the important one and what are the benefits of a good declutter Emery? Oh, good declutter. Oh, my God. Like, when you declutter your motivation list, again, you're transforming your home, your mind and your well-being. Because if you're surrounded, again, by these items, they're bringing you down, they're dragging you down. It's been linked scientifically as well to anxiety and depression, which is not good for anyone. So it's it's so powerful when you do, because, as I say, like, decluttering, it's like peeling an onion. Decluttering, Patricia, never, ever it is like you'll go maybe, especially if you haven't decluttered maybe in a real deep dive that I do with my clients, it's the first part of the onion. And you'll come back again maybe in a month's time or two months and you'll do another bit. You will never, ever stop decluttering. Ever. And that's having systems in, having simple systems in. Like I would have a bag of clothing and we're quite minimal for two adults and three kids. Um, I'd have a 30 litre bag, a white bag going out every Friday out of my house religiously. Well done, well done. Somebody says, yeah. advice please on how do you declutter Christmas decorations and flower arranging items? I have boxes full of them. Most of them just stay in the attic from one Christmas to the next because there's no room for them in the house. What's your view on the Christmas decorations that people are starting Great to take down? question because I'm actually doing this actually in my clients online. 
And it's all about basically when it comes to the attic, bring everything down for Christmas. So what I do, like uh, I would advise, bring everything down from the attic, everything Christmas related, and see what you didn't put up this year or the following Christmas. And just go through what lights are working, what are not working, what bubbles are cracked. Again, there might be items that you would have, you know, you would have changed maybe the colour theme of your tree. So it might have been red maybe last year, maybe you're kind of saying, you know, this year I would like maybe pinks or the greens or something, or maybe neutral. Where is, what is your favourite? Like, if you have favourite items, it's like anything in your house. If you love it, it's going to keep going up every year without fail. Again, we change, we mature, so it's a great time again to clear it out. And charity shops, this is a big thing, I suppose, charity shops take Christmas decorations all year round because a lot of people would say, Marisha, look, it's, we're in the middle of summer, so they're not going to hold on to it. They have they a place dedicated. They will absolutely be delighted. So go through it. See if you, what haven't you used in the last 12 to 18 months and do a clear out. And ask, you know, family and friends, maybe there might be, you know, a, um, a local flower club in the locality that might use them. Ask around. I'm all about picking up the phone, having that conversation. We're all in so many WhatsApp groups as well, Patricia. Like, there's people at the, literally at the tip of our fingers that will absolutely be delighted with these items. Yeah. And again, there's a free page as well. I use the free page, um, and Facebook a big and Clannacilty big time. Do you know items that again there's no money swapped hands if um and you could it could be a bucket of paint, it could be toys, it could be like I'll be putting tiles up there now for a client later on. Some will use that for mosaic. Yeah, and, and most yeah. towns have one of those act of kindness they pages, do. and and you just Absolutely. meet up with the person, and it's 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 fantastic. And just on the Christmas lights, my tip to anyone: the Christmas lights when you're taking down your Christmas lights, the empty container inside in the tin foil, uh, wrap them around that, and you'll have no problem with your Christmas lights uh, for yeah, next year. Right as well, piece okay. of cardboard and wrap it around. Absolutely. Uh, how how busy are you at White Sage decluttering? White Sage is extremely busy. I never Brilliant. stopped, I suppose, because it is just been um, unreal. It's been generous, totally packed up. Bookings are coming in again, like for February, March and April. Um, again, I suppose things, you know, I suppose with COVID, people, just a bit of uncertainty, but I'm working on it. I'm totally, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm, and if I need to go in, I go in masked with my sanitizer. So um, taking all precautions and um, guidelines with me. Okay, and people can find out more white white sage decluttering. You're on Facebook as well, aren't you? Facebook, I'm big time on Facebook. That's where my my, my main hangout place okay. where I hang out, and I'm on Instagram as well. And okay, find me on my website. Oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Anne Marie. Keep flying the flag for decluttering, and thanks a Thank million for joining much. us. Good morning to you. Bye bye, Anne Marie Kingston, there, uh, professional declutterer based in Clonakilty. Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk; they walk the walk. Cmig.ie. Now the number of donkeys requiring to be rescued is escalating here in Ireland with our local sanctuary in Liscarroll saying they are bursting at the seams. To discuss this worrying situation I'm joined by the donkey sanctuary manager and that's Laura Foster. Good morning to you Laura. Good morning Patricia, happy new year. And many happy returns. Laura, why do you what do you believe are the reasons behind this increase in so many donkeys needing rescuing? I think what we're seeing is a, a change, a bit of a shift in in how, as equine welfare charities across Ireland, we're having to cope with the problem. So the last 18 months, I know we've spoken about this be- before on your show, the last 18 months or so coming up for two years, 
uh, we've seen deeply challenging times for everybody. And when human welfare suffers, we know that animal welfare suffers too. So COVID has played its part. Um, we have seen seen a continued escalation in unplanned breeding uh, amongst donkeys in Ireland. And we really need to clamp down on that. We, we really need to get a handle on that so that the population simply starts to reduce. Because I think um, there is now an oversupply we're seeing as equine welfare charities, not just the Donkey Sanctuary Island, but, you know, other other charities with whom we work, that there is simply an oversupply of, of donkeys and mules um, across Ireland. And the consequence of that, unfortunately, is um, charities like ours really struggle to, to um, deal with the number of donkeys um, requiring our support um, and sanctuaries across the country are now, are now full, sadly. How many are you currently caring for? We have uh, 1,800 donkeys in our in our care, but a number of those, um, over 600, are actually out in guardian homes, and that's a scheme that we really want to develop over the over the course of the next year. Um, these are these are private homes that take our donkeys really on a on a fostering basis. Okay. Um, but in in our direct sanctuary care across our farms, we we have uh, around 1,200 donkeys and mules. Have you ever seen numbers like that before? No, we're we're as uh, we're as full as we as we've ever been, and our community work is probably as as busy as it's as it's ever been. And for us now, this is really the key. We've lost. Have we lost Laura? We've lost her. Unfortunately, uh, let's see if I can get her back. Um, let me just see if I can get her back because we had her on. No, no, John Paul has rushed in. Let's see if we can, if we can. Um, get back with uh, Laura it's just it's quite uh, listening to her talk about the number of animals the number of donkeys that need care it's just it really is a frightening uh, situation and something needs to be done about it I mean if we have the sanctuary saying you're back with us Laura uh, you're, oh I'm so sorry yeah, no you're okay it, it just said the, the, the line just um, dropped out um, so if you're bursting at the seams I mean are you at the situation where you may no longer be able to take animals in or are you already at that stage yeah, I mean, we we haven't been taking uh, donkeys in 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 any great numbers into our sanctuary care for some time now. Um, so we will focus most of our work now focuses out in the community in situ, working with owners to try and prevent welfare problems from escalating. We rehome um, hundreds of donkeys every year. We rehomed around 200 donkeys last year, you know, despite all the restrictions. So uh, we're, we're trying to make that change out in the community. We're trying to work much more on, on prevention um, and, and education so that donkeys actually don't require um, to be to be lifted and to be um, to, to be taken into, you know, into, into official care, if you like, into sanctuaries or into pound care. Um, and that that's really where we want to focus much more of our work in in 2022 in, in 2022 in, in a really positive sense and to try and, do, and get some of. Do, do you believe that some owners simply do not understand what's involved in the care of a donkey? Uh, Absolutely. There, there, there is there is a, a lot of the poor welfare that we see is is not intentional. It's simply a lack of understanding. For example, um, you know, we're, we're constantly reminding people that donkeys coats aren't waterproof. So in wet weather and we're seeing a lot more wet weather um, uh, these days, particularly in the winter and along the West Coast. 
donkeys really need shelter otherwise their coats get completely soaked it causes major health problems their their hooves are 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 not waterproof either so they take in a lot of water it, it causes really significant problems for their feet um and just just these facts alone are not are not widely understood actually um and and it is quite surprising given the um given the kind of the relationship that that the island has had with donkeys for many many years so we think we think by by working with people and by educating people that we can overcome a lot of these issues mm, absolutely and it's they should never be on their own either well, it's yeah, they're 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 companion animals, and they do tend to bond in pairs. So, you know, it's it can be quite complicated when you're rehoming a donkey because you don't you it's rare to rehome a donkey. You would you would typically be looking at a group of two or three donkeys who are who are bonded. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we spend quite a lot of time trying to match donkeys that are on their own with other donkeys. Um, so yes, they are. And when when they are treated well and when they're happy and they're healthy, they're incredibly affectionate yeah, um, wonderful animals. Creatures. Wonderful creatures, wonderful. And obviously, fundraising, Laura, has been tough for all charities, yourselves included. So donations always welcomed. Absolutely, well, that that will always be the case. Yes, and um, and we're delighted that we're still able to keep our open farm open to um, to, to the people of Cork and beyond. And um, it's great to see people still coming to see us. Uh, we're open Wednesday to Sundays. Okay, listen, you do fantastic work in in Liscarra. Long may you continue, uh, and we'd love to see the day when when you wouldn't be needed. But unfortunately, I can't see that happening anytime soon. In the meantime, Laura, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you so much, Patricia. Speak to you soon. Yeah, bye bye. That is Laura Foster, who is the Donkey Sanctuary Manager for Ireland. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. You, Michael from West Cork says, Welcome back, Patricia. Happy New Year. Many happy returns to you, Michael. Michael is texting us to say, Will the second lump sum payment for the fuel allowance, is that going to be paid in February? Let me do a quick check for you. I think it's earlier than February. Let me just uh, check it here, uh, Michael. No, the second payment, the first payment was paid. This is for people who opt for the fuel allowance in two lump sum payments that got introduced a number of years ago. So allow people if they want to say buy maybe a fill of oil. I'd say it was kind of aimed rather than people buying their fuel every week. Some people like to buy it in uh, bulk. So the first payment came in on the 27th of September last year and the second lump sum will be paid the week beginning the 3rd of January. So this week, you'll you'll get your payment this week. That's if you uh, opted to have your fuel allowance paid in a lump sum for everybody else. It gets paid weekly and it runs from September through to April and of course in the last budget, the fuel allowance went up from 28 euro to 33 euro and for people getting it on the lump sum they will get the the increase as well so this week Michael and for anybody else waiting on the fuel allowance by way of lump sum okay other texts coming in oh for god's sake says this texter will people please stop talking about the increase in the price of alcohol we are in the depth of a global pandemic and all people are worried about is the price of alcohol Really? As a very annoyed uh, listener. Hi, Patricia. Oh, this is to do with, you remember the, the listener, Anna, who works in a shop and some person came in to say, got a present at Christmas, 
I don't know whether they said they didn't really like it or whatever and they were looking for either a refund on the gift or to be able to exchange it for something else and Anna then had to explain well sorry I can't do either a refund or an exchange on that because that particular gift that you got from somebody was actually a free gift that came with another purchase and obviously there's never a refund on a free gift or a change on a free gift and it was all a bit mortifying and all of that. A listener says uh, Patricia my son and his wife got a lovely present, a wedding present. It was bought in a local shop. It was an expensive present. They went back into the store because they wanted to exchange it for something else and they were told, no, sorry, can't do that because you don't have the receipt uh, with it. Yeah, so I suppose there's a cautionary tale in that as well if you are buying a wedding gift for somebody. And the problem with wedding gifts, you can end up with two of the same item you know, or an item that somebody just doesn't want either. I would always say to people, if you are buying a wedding gift, even though I'd say for the last number of years, it's been cash, even though I haven't been at weddings for the last couple of years. But previous to the pandemic, when I was going to weddings, it was always cash. I had a tendency. I always checked with the couple first because now that, you know, some people can be a bit funny about being given cash but most young couples today seem to like the idea of being given uh, cash but if I was going out to buy uh, a present normally if you're in most shops will give what's called a gift receipt where the the actual amount isn't on the receipt but it does allow for the couple or the person you're giving the gift to to go back in and you'll have the gift uh, receipt. So that's a bit disappointing particularly when you say it was a local shop that did it and the only thing I can suggest But then, I don't know if your son and his new bride wants to do that, go back to whoever gave them the gift to say, we need to return this and we want to exchange it for something else. And, you know, maybe be honest and say why they're exchanging it and see if the person who purchased the gift still has the uh, receipt. Uh, 1850-333-103. Children going back to school and what's going to happen? And the, a lot of the schools saying there's a crisis looming. They're afraid that there won't be enough teachers available with teachers out with COVID or teachers who are deemed a close contact and therefore are self-isolating themselves. Somebody said, isn't it, isn't it funny to talk about children going back to school on next Thursday? Has anybody noticed the date next Thursday is the 6th of January and that is a church holiday. Would you not think that they would be off on that date? Well there was a time, certainly when I was going to school you went back after the 6th of January you kind of went back on the 7th or if it was Maybe for an example for this, with it falling on a Thursday, the schools would have reopened the following Monday. But that got changed a number of years ago when the church holidays weren't uh, days of holy day of obligation. I don't know, if is that some of the church holidays are still... Uh, uh, um, a whole day of obligation. I don't know if the epiphany still is or not, but that certainly changed um, a number of years ago. But yeah, but there was a time when certainly the schools wouldn't have reopened on the 6th of January. But for this year, it's looking like they'll reopen. Now let's wait and see how the meetings go on today with the Minister for Education, with Public Health, with the teachers' unions and with the parents' associations and see. I don't know if all the schools are going to open. I've already heard from somebody to say that they've received a text message from their school to say that their Christmas holiday has been extended by two days and the school has not reopened until the Monday to next Monday. Now, I wonder will those two days have to be paid back if they're just extending the Christmas holidays? Will the schools have to pay back? Because, you know, all of the schools have to do so many days for both secondary school and for primary school. So I'll watch with interest. Let us know if their days that are going to be paid back or not. Hi Patricia, I'm absolutely hopping mad. 
teachers are at it again. The children are wearing masks while in the classroom. So if teachers are catching COVID, it's not from the children. Would they just get get on with what they are paid to do, i.e. teach? We have doctors and nurses, many of them working in very crowded areas, crowded areas where COVID is present. Some of those are on less money than teachers and many of those are absolutely exhausted, but yet they turn up for work day in, day uh, out. Uh, For the teachers, nearly half of a full term they had off last year and half of the the teachers unions, all, all you hear from them is I want, I want, I want. Every other country are going through this global global pandemic and the schools are remaining open. Tell the teachers to please get on with their jobs. Now I know there will be teachers listening to this programme because they're still on their Christmas holidays who will be very annoyed about that. There's no name on that particular text. And when you say the teachers were off for half, half, nearly half a full term last year, they will say they were doing online, they were still teaching and many teachers say it was more difficult to do the homeschooling and teaching online and that many of them want to be back in the classroom. But there's all, whenever we mention teachers, you'll always get a cohort of people who get very annoyed about teachers and that exact tone of that text that seems to be want, want, want on behalf of the teachers. Teachers themselves, as they say, will very much uh, defend it. 1850-333-103. It's not 1850, it's 0818-103-103. Uh, Patricia, I think whoever came up with the idea of taking the month of January off for the schools, keep the schools closed for the month of January, particularly with how high the COVID figures are, and then for the schools to reopen, and to do an extra month in the summer. I think that's a brilliant idea. I wonder how flexible the teachers will be about this. And actually, I mentioned that earlier because somebody had suggested that. Leave the schools closed for the whole month of January and say for the secondary school schools, they would remain open for the whole month of June and the primary schools would remain open for the whole month of July. So you'd sort of pay back the time that was off and the children would still get their education and the teachers would still have face-to-face teaching in the classroom. And I did throw it out there to see if was there any teachers listening that would agree, but I didn't get any response back. So I don't know what the flexibility would be like around it or not. I know it has been suggested in the past. It's never gone down too well, certainly with the teachers' uh, unions. 0818 103103. Our lines are uh, open. Then we had a number of people on about trying to get a PCR test. Now, this was kicked off by one of our listeners who has been trying for the last five days to get a PCR test. This is Eileen. She is self-isolating. Well done, uh, Eileen, and hopefully you're not feeling too bad. But she reckons by the time she will manage to get a PCR test, she said, I'll probably be over COVID at that stage. And she was wondering, how are others managing? And I did mention, because I'd seen it online, that Eileen wasn't on her own. And I can already see some of our listeners are saying the same thing. Like Eileen, I have tried everything. I've also stayed up until after midnight, Patricia, as you suggested, Absolutely nothing available. I'm also waiting five days and I went through my GP looking for one. 
I'll be recovered before I get it. And a number of listeners saying, been trying for the last three days, somebody said, not a chance of getting one. Hi, Patricia. I've waited up until midnight since last Wednesday. I've tried every hour during the day. Still can't get a PCR test. Now everyone in the house is infected. To me, it looks like they've shut down the service. I've tried all the counties all over the country willing to travel and it's the very same where's Paul Reid and his exorbitant pay uh, to solve this problem well all they're they're saying to us is well they haven't closed down the service they certainly are doing the tests I saw a video went up for the test centre out in in Blackpool and the queue somebody I think our own John Paul drove past it and thought it was a queue for McDonald's because it was gone right um, to the Boring Manor Road right the way up along and right into the test centre. And what struck me when I saw a video footage of the people queuing for a PCR test, these were people who had the test they had their test times. So I couldn't understand why there was such a backlog of cars, but there was. It's just so many people are infected or think they're infected or have symptoms. So many people are going forward for PCR tests. I mean, so many of our listeners are doing what has been suggested you do. You wait until midnight. They seem to put extra ones up at midnight. Extra slots become available. They say to keep checking throughout the day, but I can see from texts coming in people are doing uh, that. And you know, Eileen and the other listeners are right. By the time they will get to get a PCR test they'll be negative at that uh, stage all you can do is be as responsible as you can and it looks like a lot of our listeners are doing that and it's to do isolation as you know as if you had got the positive PCR test I'm assuming that many people are going forward for uh, testing because they have a positive antigen test and we're told certainly for 16 to 39 year olds are told from today that they are only to go forward for a PCR test if they get a positive antigen test. They're hoping that that will some way free up some of the tests. So let's give it another day or two to see if that is going to free up more more uh, PCR uh, tests. Uh, somebody says, well, what do you do if you're under 39 and you do have symptoms? Well, what you do is you go online and you can book antigen tests and they'll send the antigen tests out. Now, it'll be a couple of days as I was waiting for the antigen tests. If you have antigen tests at home, obviously do the antigen testing uh, yourself. There has been a problem with some of the antigen trying to get antigen tests certainly over Christmas a lot of the supermarkets and the chemists were sending out of antigen tests if you can get your hands on some and it's only if you're under 39 and you test positive in an antigen test then you go forward for a PCR but certainly at the moment there is there certainly isn't an available test anywhere in the country from what's looking we've gone onto the HSE website there and John Paul has gone through every single county to see if there's availability anywhere and there isn't 18-0818-103-103 and Ed has suggested that every time I say the old phone number I should be made to put a euro into the charity box <laughs> Just, I'd be broke by day one Ed at that stage it's just going to take me time the number is 0818-103-103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing community and business supports all across the county see corkcoco.ie Anne and Cara, they are the support group for bereaved parents. They are holding a face-to-face group meeting tomorrow evening, Wednesday, 
at 7.15 in the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs in Cork. Now regardless of the age of your child or the circumstances of the death, Annam Cara offers peer-to-peer support monthly meetings. It's done free of charge and to register to attend you can contact Dublin 01 405378 or you can email info at Drive Bingo will be resuming in Kildallery Creamer Yard that's next Friday night and Inascara Community Centre are looking for your help to keep their centre open they're asking people to donate to cover the running costs either through their GoFundMe page which is inascara.org or you can drop your donation into the office letterbox our details of the bank account are available on our own website www.c103.ie Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie On schools and will schools reopen and the school crisis that's looming as confusion seems to reign as to how long people should be self-isolating will there not be enough teachers available when schools reopen on Thursday one is as I Patricia I am a primary school teacher I'm in an old building with 20 students in a very crowded room with no social distancing I've received five letters from parents very strongly stating that their children won't be wearing masks in the classroom so no not every child is wearing a mask and there isn't social distancing because it's an old building they're also It's that time of the year your vacation is coming up You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So isn't correct ventilation among those 20 unvaccinated children. I would much rather, by the way, be in the classroom, as would every other teacher teacher bashing is very disheartening says this primary school teacher and Helen also comes in defence of teachers. Uh, Good afternoon to you Helen. Good afternoon Tricia. Now Helen you have some of your children are teachers. Uh, Three of them are but um, two of them are national and the two of them got COVID the Sunday and Monday before Christmas. Now one was teaching senior infants obviously they're not wearing masks 
they were very sick, the children, in and out with colds, which turned out to be COVID. And he got sick enough, really, and had to isolate till last Thursday, which meant he spent all Christmas on his own in his house in Cork. Then the second lad, he contacted it two days later, and he's only out of isolation since last Saturday. So we had a horrible Christmas in the sense that one was in Cork on his own and the other was between a sitting room and a bedroom here. We couldn't go out to the hall when he was passing through. We had to sanitise doubly and trebly and we were lucky, we were boosted. But the schools are not safe, they're not fully ventilated and there is no way you can possibly say it's safe because small children, you cannot segregate outside. Even though you do your best inside, it doesn't always work because if one pod will drop something on the floor, automatically six-year-olds will try and help. They'll jump down, pick up a pencil or a pen over them. I know, it's it's really difficult. And with the numbers so high... I mean, we've had, I mean, before Christmas, they were talking about, oh, you know, figures would reach 20,000. And I remember thinking, oh, that's an exaggeration. I know, yeah. And they did go to 20,000. And they've been very high every single day for the last week uh, to 10 days. And they'll go up, I'd say. Yeah. So do you... you, And having the tests at the moment, there's a scarcity of those testing. The antigen tests. And then you have people that don't want to be close contact. They just will ignore it when you tell them. So how do you think your own sons would feel? Would they prefer to be doing it online? They No, they absolutely hate it online because they were never finished. Uh, the older one especially, there were people onto him at six in the evening, seven o'clock. And my son in secondary, he had people on, he had leaving third classes going back a year or two which he didn't mind because they all needed a hand. But his life was never his own. He was constantly from 10 to 9 till nearly 8 o'clock at people's beck and call. And you had to be there even if your hours were over in certain instances. And especially in last April of last year and May, now, you don't want to ignore a text or something from a leaving cert class. And they would prefer go in, do their job and be free to come home. I I just can't understand how people seem to constantly bash teachers. Some of them possibly wouldn't be hectic. I'm not saying all minor saints, but I do think by the letters they get and the thank you cards on occasions that... They do their best. Yeah, and the majority of teachers will say that they would way prefer, as oh, your sons, yeah, to be to be in the classroom. What about that suggestion, though, with the numbers so high at the moment? Close the schools for the month of January. Decide now, the next four weeks, we're not going to open. And instead, take four weeks off the summer holidays, because the summer holidays yeah, are long, long anyway. I don't think mine would fancy that. Why? Because at the moment, I think they're so sick of being around, having had COVID, they miss the best days of Christmas week because one of them uh, went in Monday, came home, 
and then they were out on the Tuesday and Wednesday. They missed the small kids and they loved the day of the holidays and the, it's the great atmosphere in the school. And I think now, for them now, this is over. They're only still, even though they're out, walking in isolation because they still don't want to mix, even though it's gone two weeks now. And I think they've had so much time now on their own that they don't want three more weeks of this, really. They I w- think they can't wait to go back on Thursday. They want to be back in the classroom. They want okay. to be back. And what about, have you heard anything about the he- these famous HEPA filters? Are they in any of the schools? Oh, these HEPA filters, apparently there's so much hassle with the ordering and with everything. I can't see them coming to pass at all for months. And they're actually frozen in the classroom. And in some cases, it doesn't apply to mine, but... I've heard the secondary school girls up the country and they're absolutely frozen and they're not allowed to put on extra jumpers. That and I do, sense. and I also, I, I didn't realise this until I was reading something over Christmas on the HEPA filters. I thought the HEPA filters would end the having to have the windows and doors open and the ventilation. I thought that they worked to clean all the air in the room. Seemingly, you still have to have the windows open even with the HEPA filters. You do. And like it's freezing today. Yeah, it is freezing because I'm here now and the oil is on and I'm still cold. I'm rooting for another jumper, actually. Yeah. You know, I I just think they slipped up. They had long enough to get the rooms in order and you wouldn't mind opening a bit of a window if you had it being filtered out. But as it happens, they may have some in some rooms, but... They are not in all rooms. OK, but you but you feel and you, you think your sons would agree as teachers that the schools should reopen on Tuesday? I think they should reopen yeah. more safely. More safely, OK. And I think people, if children have runny noses and don't feel well, they should be kept at home. It's awful if a child comes in, you feel sorry for the child, but you've got to go to your reception and ask for the parents to come in. And that's what's happened. Because you are not supposed to send a child that is ill to school. And that is what's happening. And what's happening is, in not all cases again, I can't generalise, some are excellent. At the sniff at the moment, some parents will keep them. Others will ignore it or choose to ignore it. And in that case, some t- now, my, one of my sons is slow to do that because he feels the parents might be working. But other teachers straight away will have to do it because they're terrified. Now, my son would do it, but not maybe to the same extent. Hence, maybe he contacted it. Mm. Can't say 100%. Uh, listen, and listen, this Omicron variant is just so contagious. You, I, I tell you, you were blessed that the fact it was in the house and that it we didn't were spread. So we didn't you did the, it. You we did the isolation. You, did, yeah. you name yeah, it, we you, have it. You did the isolation well. All right, Helen, listen, thank okay. you for that. And thanks. Uh, thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, somebody says, what about uh, nurses, doctors, kitchen staff all working, keeping our hospital going? It can't all be about teachers. What about people who work in conditions where COVID is already present? 
0818103103 on the alcohol, the minimum unit pricing of alcohol that we spoke about earlier. Joe says, I'm an old age pensioner. I live on my own uh, since my wife passed away. I don't have any family living near me. They are all living away. I have no transport to take me to and from the pub. My nearest pub would be three miles away. I treat myself to a shot of whiskey, maybe two or three times uh, a week and now we're hearing of an increase in uh, drink I paid tax all of my working life which was 52 years says uh, Joe and now look what's happening with the price of drink going up and uh, Mary says well see I don't know how much the spirits are actually gone up by unless you've got spirits on offer uh, Joe I don't yeah and I know it's hard it's, and like that you're a moderate drinker you would have to feel for people like that who are moderate drinkers they just enjoy a few drinks and they feel they're going to be priced out of it when they go to the off licence or to the supermarket to buy their um, little bit of drink they're not binge drinking but it's to try to put an end to binge drinking is what it is all about and Mary says uh, Patricia have other people noticed or other people aware pubs are meant to close at 8pm I know of some bars where I live and they're open until at least 11 if not if not more if you want to do something about alcohol says Mary I think you need to close the bars completely 0818 103 103 text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with Jean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie and Joe Heffernan uh, joins me good afternoon to you Joe good afternoon Patricia and a ha- happy new year and many happy returns yeah did you manage to get over uh, the Christmas festive period, COVID free? No, no, it wasn't great. Um, yeah. uh, um, uh, we had uh, uh, our 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 son Joe um, in Cork uh, got a positive PCR result on Christmas Eve, oh. and we were all hanging on it as to would he be coming, and he had to self isolate in Cork for ten days. So he only arrived home yesterday. But his twin brother Dave was here and um, uh, helped out greatly over the Christmas. So we were down this year to three. There's so many people have the very same story of somebody just as they got close to Christmas testing positive. So many people spent Christmas. Christmas yeah. 2021 will be remembered by so many because they were on their own self-isolation. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. How it's how did things go for you? Yeah, very quiet, very quiet. We, I, I, I keep saying the fact that we didn't, nobody in the house got COVID, thank God. We dodged a bullet. I, I don't know how we avoided it because everywhere, everyone I seemed to hear about had a story to tell about somebody coming yeah. down with uh, COVID. Yeah. It, it really was tough. So as we start the new year, rather than New Year's resolutions, you think we should talk about gratitude? We do. And now, um, uh, as against the the poor story of Christmas for the Heffernan family, there was fantastic news as well. New granddaughter Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I, was born on the 14th of December and is doing great. Um, That's uh, to Elizabeth uh, and Colin, son Colin. In Cork. Well done. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. So, so a lot. Yeah. So you ended the year with a lot to be grateful for. An awful lot to be grateful for. So there is that. Of course there is. Um, 
So that would be my kind of big word for me um, for 2022 uh, would be gratitude. And, um, you know, when I see those awful pictures on the telly about um, people, you know, uh, homeless in minus 16 degrees and... um, uh, I saw a thing last night about Bangladesh and it being more or less um, overran seawise uh, uh, because of uh, climate change and that. Um, you know, God, God knows we've an awful lot to be grateful for, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, we can be given out about, you know, this, the government and given out about restrictions and people are given out about the minimum unit pricing. But when you reflect, we have so much to be thankful for in this country. We do, we do. And um, uh, I I find that nearly, well, yeah, always, um, uh, before going to sleep at night, I just reflect on the fact that I'm in a a comfortable bed, um, you know, that I had food during the day, that there's a, a roof over the head, that there's heating if it's needed, and apparently this coming week it will be, um, you know, uh, the the um, uh, things that uh, around in certain parts of the world people could only dream of, and um, and and I I am I I do feel genuinely grateful for that, um, uh, you know. So I I try myself to focus on those like on on things like. Um, you know, family, friends, community, and as you know, during the awful lockdown uh, thing, uh, back along there, um, you know, the five kilometres and all that kind of thing, when it was very bad, um, we found that community um, here in Borbury were fantastic, was fantastic, um, that... um, you know, there was um, Nora and Sean and uh, people. Uh, Nora is our post lady in Butterby, and um, she was fantastic. She seemed to keep ha- half the parish going with, um, you know, uh, helping out um, in 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 ways way above and beyond the the call of duty. So you know, um, I suppose there are many places. Um, I, I don't know, like, but um, maybe the middle of big cities and that, that that kind of thing just wouldn't wouldn't happen. Um, uh, so, like, you know, the very fact of having a home, um, uh, having food on the table. Um, uh, I, again, no, um, I, I, I think we could all do with reflecting on, on that. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, particularly with in COVID times, our health, you know, to, to go to bed at night, feeling some way healthy we can be so grateful for that absolutely absolutely although um peculiarly um at the moment now hearing about the mildness thank god our son joe who had the covid uh, positive there on christmas eve his symptoms were so mild they you know um a little bit of sinus kind of thing and um uh, um, uh, at the very start, a bit of uh, pains in the joints, but that passed very quickly. I, I'm I'm nearly at the stage where I, I'd say 
let's get it and get over it and I can stop blooming worrying about I know, it. You know? I know, I know. Listen, you're not on your own. I've heard more, I've heard more people say that. So, um, and rather than resolutions, you're not the type to start the new year with resolutions because if you don't achieve the resolutions then you can almost feel a failure which can be a bad thing. I think that's the one downside to New Year's resolutions. But you're saying as we head into 2022 maybe have a little project in mind. You don't necessarily have to put you don't have to put a date or a time on it but just a little project. That that strikes me as being really, really uh, doable. Um, uh, we, we've had many a laugh uh, on, on air, um, yourself and myself, about, um, about Joe, Joe's um, New Year's resolution for a, a longish walk every day uh, that never, ever, ever happened. Um, I'm, I'm not saying the walk never happened, but I'm saying the everyday bit went by the board. So I've given up on that. So, um, yeah, to have a project um, to look forward to. Maybe there's a room in the house um, that needs either uh, a major tidying or a major a bit of painting. Um, that that would be like now that I am going to get done this year. Well, okay. we we had a professional declutterer join us earlier on on the program, uh, oh. Anne Marie Kingston from Clan, and she's just talking about how good you feel when you do a good declutter. <laughs> like it's good for the soul as well. Yeah, well, it would be good for my office too. Yeah, there um, you go. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's um, every year. Um, it's going to get tidied, and every year it gets worse. But um, I do know where to find everything if I need it. Um, That's which the most I important is the help. Yeah. So, but to, just to try and come up with the project, it might be you know exactly. the, the exactly. weather will start to get better. Spring is around the corner. Maybe something yeah. in the garden that you've always wanted it to do. It could be to cut that hedge. It could be it needs to be cut down a bit. Um, it could be, um, I always wanted to read that book and I'm going to get it and read it this year. Um, and some nice little touches to the year at the start of the year. I, I, I've um, engaged with a good few of them. Like, um, uh, you're just uh, maybe a, um, a text or an email or, or, or a phone call or, or, or whatever, just to say it to somebody, hi, thinking about you for 2022, I hope it goes well, or where there were people who uh, did something um, pretty good or very good uh, in 2021 to just, uh, you know, uh, contact in some way or another and say, well done. I would be saying well done today to Fermoy on account of it came very high up in the country for tidiness. Yeah, for um, the eyeball survey. We're going to be yeah, looking at that tomorrow well, on the programme. Yeah, I think Tom Kavner, a Fermoy man, yeah, a very well known Fermoy man, was one of the starters he was, of he business was, against He was litter. indeed, he was indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's just, so, yeah, okay, so set yourself a little project and your other one is be kind to yourself. Well, the big thing is to be kind to yourself, you see, and being kind to yourself um, does not mean being soft on yourself. Being kind to yourself might mean that little bit of extra exercise. Um, uh, It might mean taking on a project or a task, as we talked about, that really does need to be done. And that is being kind to yourself, because as you said, the person who was on with you earlier and um, you feel very good afterwards. So you mightn't feel good about thinking about doing uh, 
whatever it is needs to be done. And you mightn't feel great while you're maybe even doing it, but you'll definitely feel great um, when it's accomplished, uh, when it's done. Um, that, that That's the biggie. And I would go along with that person who said that 100%, you know. OK, and then just yeah. take a look at your life and if there's anything that you can change. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the two kind of uh, aspects of things, uh, to accept what we can change. Um, there's no point in railing um, against the, the, the moon or whatever the word is um, about things that we have absolutely no control over. You know, we could rave away as much as we want about COVID, but look, it's there, we'll deal with it, and it will be gone. Um, so, like, to accept the things that we don't have control over, and then to do the things that we do have control over. Um, a great old saying that I often use myself would be, do what you can and accept what you can't. Yeah. And, um, and to really do accept what you can't, just say, let it go. Um, yeah, yeah, how, how yeah. right you are. And, you know, COVID will come to an end and hopefully it is going to be this year. I know something yeah. we're going to be discussing tomorrow, like there's huge breakthroughs with the antiviral drugs, which means going forward, once we know the antiviral drugs are working, we won't have to yeah. worry about COVID because once you get it, there's a drug there that will cure it and you'll be able to get on with your life. And once they, once they are in full production and we know that they're working, that's going to be the big, big game changer, even a yeah. bigger game changer than the vaccine. So, you know, Absolutely. there is good news on the way. All right, listen, yeah. Joe, have yeah. a great week. And once again, congratulations on becoming a granddad once again. Yeah. And we'll chat to you next Tuesday. And, and, and don't forget Mary being a granny. Oh, absolutely. Or we'll all be killed. The, the glamorous <laughs> granny that Mary is. <laughs> Thanks for that, Joe. Have a lovely week. Bye-bye, yeah, bye-bye. That's uh, Joe Heffernan. Joe runs a counselling practice in Bohemboy. His number is 086-834-8145. And just a couple of texts in on the teachers. Someone, John and Mallow, says, shame on teachers if they get their way and the schools don't reopen on Thursday because we know they're going into meetings today with the Minister for Education. The healthcare workers, they have to go into work day in, day out and they do it at night and nothing stops them and they're going into a COVID environment. And then someone else says, Patricia, regarding the suggestions that schools would close for this, the month of January, not reopen until February, and then teachers would work an extra month in the summer. The knock-on effect would mean state exams, your Leaving Cert and your Junior Cert, would have to be delayed for an extra month, which would mean next year's college term would have to be delayed by an extra month. Also, in many households, both parents go out to work. Who would babysit the children? Who would be at home for the month of January? So changing the school year is not as simple as it may seem. And that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. On C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.